Hello, and welcome to Bartel Radio. I'm Cass Enright, founder of Bartel.com. Tonight's guest will be Ralph Morana, owner of Bar Volo. Volo is one of Toronto's top beer destinations. They've got a tremendous commitment to good beer. They've got an ever-changing draft lineup, a couple of cask beers, and a wide and diverse bottled beer selection. Volo's commitment to good beer was recognized last summer at Bartel's own Golden Tap Awards when Volo took home the prize for best bar for bottled beer selection, beating out Smokeless Joe, which had won the award for three consecutive years since the inception of the Golden Taps. Okay, we're here with Ralph Morana, the owner of Bar Volo, um, an excellent uh, beer uh, restaurant on Young Street, just north of Wellesley. Um, welcome, Ralph. How you doing, Kev? Great, great, thanks. Um, thanks for um, being on um, Bartel Radio. So I, I thought we'd just kick things off. Uh, a lot of people might not know that even though you kind of got into beer in the last few years, Volo's been around for, I guess it's well, over 20 years now. Um, why don't you tell us about how you got into the restaurant business and how Volo got started initially? Sure. Uh, I believe Volo started in 1985, the owner of Country Cut and Curl, which I have this location, changed it to Cafe Volo. He ran it for two and a half years. And then in 1988, I was a uh, practicing landscape architect or I graduated U of T in uh, landscape architecture. And this opportunity came up to buy a restaurant. I had no experience. My sister was my partner. She knew the owners and she said, you know, convince me it'd be a great idea to own a restaurant. Little did I know, it was a lot of work, and uh, but I persevered for 20 years. Yeah, How did we start in beer? Um, over the years, I've always had, uh, when Upper Canada came out, I, I just did minor microbreweries, Upper Canada, Sleeman, they were the initial ones, but I didn't really get into beer until I went to the St. Lawrence Market Festival, Craft Festival, and I started with the Denison's, and that kind of just started everything, Denison's Vice Beer. Yeah, I... Uh... That was going to be my next question. You know, it's funny, you can go back to um, the Bartel Forum around 2003, which is when people started talking about Volo as a beer destination. And uh, I was wondering what, what, got, what sparked your interest in beer to, uh, to focus on it so much? Well, I, in, in the restaurant, I've tried a lot of things. And then when my wife convinced me, uh, my wife Ina convinced me that... Uh, we have to do local, and uh, at the start, I was kind of hesitant. I thought, how am I going to, you know, everybody's buying Stella, everybody's buying Keith, how can I get rid of those? But then, you know, she convinced me. We went to that craft festival, St. Lawrence. I tried the beers, and then, uh, you know, people were coming up and saying, oh, they're talking about you on Bartel. I said, why? And it was over the beer, and I saw that there was a buzz in this beer. There was a little culture happening, and it just got me more interested and interested, and I'm the type of person, once I uh, liked something and I, I thought, I believed I found what I really wanted to do, I started pursuing it by going to beer festivals, and uh, the first festival was uh, the, after the St. Lawrence was uh, in London, England for the camera, the Real Ale Festival, and that just got me going. Great. Well, I think you've done a, a really good job so far. Um, one of the Thanks. interesting things that you've done beer-wise at the restaurant is your own importing. Um, what's that been like, uh, you know, bringing in your own beers? Uh, that, that was fun. It was a lot of work. Uh, 
I've met a lot of the brewers through festivals. I convinced them to bring the beers over. But the problem was uh, dealing with the LCBO. Um, again, not ordering over five cases because then there was a lab fee of $144, I believe. Then there was the sticker fees. Uh, it had to have the right code. And I just found a lot of brewers from the States especially because that's what I was interested in, uh, American beers. I know, I know Smoke was Joe and Beer Beaster were doing the Belgian. I just thought, God, I like IPAs. I'm going to just go for the Americans. But a lot of them just didn't want to deal with the LCBO. And I could see why. I mean, they want, they're want they going to deal with the LCBO. I think they want to have a general listing at the LCBO on a regular basis where they can sell you know, a thousand cases and not to a guy like myself, five, ten cases maximum. But it just became a hassle, and I'm finding it right now it's even harder to do. I just heard now while well, it's great divide, don't deal with us either anymore. So bit by bit, they're falling off. Yeah, it certainly seems like a great thing to do, but a lot of challenges to make it viable. Uh, uh, yes, it is. So, so but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so, uh, you know, just... Speaking of uh, events, you know, a lot of, um, you, you you have a number of events um, throughout the year, but one of the more popular ones that's really got a lot of buzz in the last couple of years has been your cask days. Um, and nobody's really done anything like that up to that, up to the, uh, up to when you did it. Uh, what was it like uh, organizing that? How's, how's that, uh, how's that been for you? Well, uh, the, the first one was uh, really challenging. I mean, I had to, first of all, find out, First of all, we didn't have enough firkins for everybody, and I had to borrow firkins. And and then, is there going to be an interest? And uh, you know, at the start, I wasn't even going to sell tickets. And somebody suggested, well, you you know, you never know, you might get quite a few people. Then you're going to have to turn them down. So then I thought, okay, what's my maximum capacity? So we said, okay, well, I'm licensed for 120. Let's stop it at 100. And so we did it that way. But it was just getting a lot of brewers involved, and a few of them. I mean, we ended up getting, I think, 23 the first year, so 23 different beers. Most of them were like, we had three or four from the Granite, three from, um, I think, two or three from Wellington's. We had some from uh, Durham's, uh, from McLean's had about three or four, so we didn't have as many brewers. But in the second one, I thought was, uh, how do we make it more exciting? And, uh, you know, getting due to sell was a big thing. And, and then we did get other brewers doing one-offs and that, and it, it just got better. But I, initially I had to, how, how am I going to display the, the firk? And so I had to get tables made because I thought it had to look right. They had to be in a straight line and had to have that image. And I liked the tightness of the restaurant. Uh, everybody's telling me, you know, maybe we should make the venue bigger, go somewhere else. But I kind of like when it's tight and crowded and there's a buzz in the air. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, it's, you know, it's worth fine. How do I do the third one? thinking about that right now. So the, the uh, next one isn't confirmed just yet? If, I always say as long as I'm here, <laughs> I'm going to have it. If not, I'm going to have it somewhere else because yeah. I'm always thinking about, you know, this could be my last year here. I mean, I've, I've done this for 20 years, and I think I'm hitting my peak. But uh, I think in the third one, and I'm assuming I'm going to be here, I'm going to add, uh, now that I'm closed on Sundays, officially, but I might open up Sunday for special events, like next week we're going to be doing the three uh, ESPs, but I think next year I'm going to do, uh, uh, the first session is going to be just for uh, meet the brewers, I'm going to let 75 people in, it's not going to be as crowded, I'm going to charge probably twice as much, and just let the people that want to talk and meet the brewers, and I'm going to have a second session in the afternoon uh, for regular price, and then on Sunday I'm going to have Killa 
a firkin session from 12 to 6 or 12 to 8 just to get rid of them all. So I'm going to do three sessions this year. And hopefully this year we might even have a beard made at Volos. So that's what I'm aiming for. Great. Sounds good. Um, are there any other events that you have uh, coming up that you'd like to uh well, just the ESB one that we're doing next week. I like to always compare Old World, whether it's beer or wine, with Ontario. I've been doing that with cheeses. I've been doing that with wines. And now I thought, okay, let's compare Fuller's ESB with Durham's and Millfruit ESB. I just think I'm trying to always show that I think our beers in Ontario are just as good as anywhere else. And uh, people's taste of side-by-side, they're going to see that they might be surprised. Oh, absolutely. So that's our, our next little event. Great. It's not really an event. I'm just opening up next week just for um, last time the fullers went one in an hour and 15 minutes. So yeah. I have three kegs this time. So. Oh, so it should, should last for two hours at least, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you um, do you foresee any more exclusive beers that, you, that you'll have this year, or, or do you think the importing thing is just not uh, The importing thing, I've put a little... I'm, I mean, there's so many suppliers right now. I mean, I had placed an order with Southern Tier, and then... Um, Roland and Russell became their agent, so I just went through with them, and I think the pricing's a bit better when you go through an agent. I've tried. I mean, I have the, I still have the, uh, the one from out west that just came in. The, what's it called? Uh, the IPA from um, Hophead. I have that, and I'm getting the Phillips. But uh, any of the other ones from the states, I've, um, I've been coming to a lot of dead ends. Yeah. And I just don't know if it's worth the hassle. It's a big investment in bottles, and I'm finding out, you know, a lot of your money is just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my next venture is I've applied for my uh, brew pub license. Not that I have a brew pub, and not that I want to be a brew pub, but it's just to have experimental, sure. like a pilot, pilot uh, brewery happening where I'm going to first do it like home brewing style, and I'm going to start with the beer daughters, uh, do that hop hop clips uh, IPA and. Um, if I see that it's worth buying the the equipment where we can do 50 liters to 100 liters every week, sure, then I'll become a pilot brewery, so I'll invite all home brewers or professional brewers to come and do a one-off here. Well, that'd be great. And that's where yeah, that, that's where I think my interest is now over the bringing the bottles in. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a that'd be amazing. And I know a place like Reservoir in Montreal, they're able to cram in their brewing equipment into a very small space. In fact, I don't think their bar is much bigger than your place, yet they find a way to squeeze the brewery into a closet and, and still make some great beers there. Well, that's that's all you need. It's just, you know, brewing quite a few batches ahead of time so you have a jump start and then trying to get one done every week or every two weeks. And, uh, I mean, you might have some good ones, but you might have also some pretty good ones and uh, you know I'll give credit to all the ones that are making the beer but uh, I'll be under the Volo brand or the Volo name or whatever since I'm going to be fully responsible but I'm I've applied for my license I haven't heard back and I'm I'm looking forward to that there is that can take off it'll be great great well I was gonna I was gonna finish off by asking you what the future holds for Volo but I guess you already answered that question with your brew pub license well, I've been playing for that, but at the same time, you know, I'm, like I said, I can't, I, I've been doing this for 20 years. I don't know if I can, uh, how long I can keep on doing it. I mean, there's always, you always need a change, and uh, I might be coming to that end soon. But till now, maybe the brew pub will spark my interest again for another five years. Who knows? Right. Well, you know, you, know, you can always count on our support to make sure that, um, that things can uh, go as well as they can. Well, uh, uh, no, it's been great. Bartel, uh, Ray Beer, Beer Advocate, uh, without those three forms, um, 
they basically put me on the map. Um, I, I haven't had to advertise. I mean, the people have been very supportive, and uh, everybody's had uh, pretty well great things to say about the place. So, I mean, that I'm very appreciative about, and uh, and that's what drove me, uh, that attention. And, uh, you know, it was worthwhile, all the work and effort and getting special beers. But mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm still trying to get something exclusive coming in shortly. If it works out, I'll let you know. Great. Well, um Best of luck with with everything, and uh, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with me tonight. Oh, you're welcome, Cass, and it's been a pleasure, and um, I'll talk to you shortly. Great. Thanks, Ralph. Take care. Again, that was Ralph Morana, owner of Barvolo. Lots of thanks go to Ralph for being our guest on this episode of Bartel Radio. If you haven't yet been to Barvolo, I strongly suggest that you check them out. You can find them at 587 Young Street, which is just north of Wellesley. Their phone number is 416-928-0008, and they can be found online at barvolo.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you again soon.